night. Now, somewhere around 600 B.C., 600 years before the birth of Christ, the prophet Zechariah prophesied, Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. It shall come to pass in that day that there will be no light. The lights will diminish, man's lights. It shall be one day which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night. But at evening time, it shall happen that it will be light. That's a wonderful light. Lights up the whole earth. It shall be light at evening time. It shall be light. And the Lord, who is the light, will be the king over, the all, over all the earth. In that day it shall be that the, the Lord is one and His name one, and He will be the only Lord and the only king in all the earth, lighting the world with His own glory. Zechariah prophesied. Two centuries later, about 400 B.C., Malachi, the prophet, said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. These final Old Testament prophets had something in common. They all saw a day coming when the darkness of this world would be overcome by the light of God's glory. They believed the Lord was going to come to the earth and rule in righteousness over every nation. They saw the king of kings sitting on a throne in Jerusalem, ruling the entire world. God revealed this future to these prophets, but they never saw it happen. They wrote down what God had shown them, and, through, and then they died. Through their prophecies, God has enlightened us and has enlightened the world about His future plan of redemption. Everything God revealed to these Old Testament prophets about His kingdom rule on earth will one day come to pass. It will happen. God promised. And then, after these prophets had given us this light of God's knowledge there, then God revealed no more of His plan for nearly four years. We call those years between the Old Testament and New Testament the silent years because there was no more prophecy given and there were no more prophets. And then all of a sudden God opened the door and let some of His light shine through. Something big was happening. All the Old Testament prophets had to be silent for the New Testament of God to be revealed in order to redeem a fallen man, a fallen human race, and get man to the kingdom, which the prophets saw, God had to flood the world with light, His light, heaven's light. Before the kingdom reign of Christ on earth could come, the crucifixion had to take place. Jesus had to be born in order to live and die for our sins on the cross. And then to bring heaven's light into the world that He might be our Savior, God chose some very special people. 
people who longed to see His light come to earth in the promised Messiah. I want us to look at those people today and how God shined light upon their lives and used them to bring heaven's light. Zacharias, his wife Elizabeth, and Mary. Notice, first of all, God used Zacharias and Elizabeth to reveal heaven's light. His story is found in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 14. Let's read that together. Look, look, that, look at that together, if you will. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. Now let me just say something about Zacharias. Zacharias is the New Testament Greek way to say Zechariah. Okay? So he's just like Zechariah in the Old Testament. Now he's Zacharias, or Zechariah the New, the New Testament person, uh, just like there was Zechariah the prophet in the Old Testament. So in the days of Herod the king of Judea, a certain priest, Herod the Great, a certain priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. And so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside in the courtyard at the hour of burning incense. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense because when Zacharias went in to burn incense, nobody else could be in there. So he went in to burn incense. And, but he saw an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Now, we don't know exactly how old Zacharias and his wife were at this time, but Luke, who wrote this account, he knew because he was a physician. He was a medical doctor. And Luke knew very, very clearly how old they were. And he stated that, this, that Elizabeth was too old to conceive and have a child. We understand that. So for her to have a child would be a miracle. And that's exactly what God had in mind when he sent his angel Gabriel to give this good news to Zacharias as he ministered in the Jerusalem temple. Zacharias was performing his duty for the Lord. He had a temple duty. Now, there were, there were so many priests at that time that in order to go into the temple itself, into the sanctuary, a, a priest may only do that a couple times in his whole life or a few times. Zacharias had that wonderful opportunity to burn incense upon the altar of incense, that box that was about the size of, a, of my wooden pulpit over there, and it had hot coals in the top of it, and he would sprinkle incense on the coals, and, and the incense would rise up. It, it would rise up as symbolic of the prayers of God's people in the presence of the Lord. The Jerusalem temple during this time had been renovated by King Herod into a huge and beautiful structure with huge columns all around 
the courtyards and massive steps leading up to the sanctuary where there was the holy place and holy of holies. In the courtyard, animals were sacrificed and all the priests could go into the courtyard at any time. They had access. But in the sanctuary, the priests served on a rotation and it was Zachariah's turn to enter the holy place and sprinkle incense upon the golden altar. As the aroma of the incense filled the holy place, symbolizing the prayers of Israel rising before the Lord. That's when the angel Gabriel stood beside the altar and enlightened Zacharias to God's plan of redemption and his part in it. Zacharias and his wife would have a son. Call him John. And watch as God used John. We know him as John the Baptist, John the Baptizer, to bring the Messiah, heaven's light, into the world. Verses 15 through 17. Notice these verses. Gabriel said, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. Glad tidings. Good news. Gospel. That's right. Good news. What the world needed in that day. A day of darkness and evil. A day when Satan was in control and suppressing the truth and trying to hide God's light from man. They needed good news. That's, does this sound familiar to you today? Are we not in a similar day when Satan is doing everything in his power to keep the knowledge of God away from people? He wants to keep the, the Word of God away from the minds of people. He wants to keep this world, especially children, in the dark to the truth of God. We need heaven's light today. We need Jesus. Amen? We need some men and women of faith and courage to teach the world again about a God who loves them. To make re We need men and women, even young people, to be like a John the Baptist, to, make a, to get people ready for the coming of Jesus. And folks, his, He is coming again. John was going to prepare his world for Christ's first advent. Advent means coming. Or, and so we light Advent candles. You remember, He came the first time. But you and I need to prepare our world for His second advent. For the return of Christ Jesus is imminent. When He will, will destroy the works of Satan and set up His kingdom on earth. At that time, all the darkness will flee. God used Zacharias to bring heaven's light into the world. And God wants to use us today. Look at verses 23 through 25. And so it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that Zacharias departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. God, God promised Zacharias and Elizabeth, a son who would be the first prophet of the New Testament to get the world ready for the birth of Jesus. 
And then secondly, we see that God used not only Zacharias and Elizabeth, but God used Mary to reveal heaven's light. This is when we move on into scriptures and we see how Gabriel, who appeared to Zacharias, is now going to appear to Mary. In verse, look at verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. While Zacharias and Elizabeth were awaiting the miraculous birth of their child, that same angel, Gabriel, appeared to Mary to announce her part in God's plan to reveal, to bring heaven's light into the world. Now, let me just say this about Mary. Uh, Mary was special to us because Mary did exactly what God wanted her to do to bring Jesus into the world. It, that does not, she had a very special plan. She would carry Jesus within her. That's what she would do. She would, she would conceive a child and he would be Mary's child and God's child. This would be the most miraculous of all births. And Mary had that special part in it. So, that's why the angel came to her and said, you know, Hail Mary, Ave Maria. You know, Hail Mary, you see. She is, he, the angel is not saying, Mary, you are to be worshipped. The angel is not saying, Mary, you have such a special place with Jesus that people can, can talk to you and you can take their prayers to Jesus. That's not what the angel is saying. The angel is saying, Mary, you're special because in God's plan, He is using you to bring heaven's light to the world. Folks, you're special too if you're allowing God to use you to bring light to this dark world. You're special. God's, you are special. You see, the ground is level at the cross. Everybody has to believe. Mary had to believe. Everybody had to believe. Zacharias Elizabeth had to believe. John the Baptist had to believe. Everybody has to believe in, in Jesus and what He did for us on the cross and through His in, resurrection in order for us to be saved. Everybody has to believe. And Mary had to believe. And when that angel Gabriel came to her and said, Mary... You're going to conceive within you and bring forth a son. <laughs> that was a miracle. Mary was a young virgin. We don't know exactly how old she was. We know that it was in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. We know that much. The Bible tells us that. We don't even know exactly how Mary and Elizabeth were related. Perhaps Elizabeth was Mary's aunt. We just don't know. What we do know is that they were both part of God's plan to bring heaven's light into the world. Elizabeth was too old to have a son, but her son would come and prepare the world for the light. And Mary was a young virgin. <laughs> and a young virgin can't have a son, can't have a child without an earthly father. And yet the miraculous announcement was made. Gabriel told Mary, 
she would give birth to the Son of God. He would be heaven's light. Look at verse 34. What was Mary's response? Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered her and said to her, Notice, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, say it with me, with God nothing shall be impossible. Say that. With God nothing shall be impossible. Do you know that, that that's not just for Mary and Elizabeth. That's for you. That's for me. Nothing is impossible. With the Lord Jesus said, all things are possible to those who believe. And notice what Mary said. Then Mary said, would you read that with me? Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. What did Mary say when God called her to bring heaven's light to the world? She said, here I am, Lord. Whatever you want to do with me. I will do. And then the angel departed from her. Here we have Elizabeth, old and barren. Mary, a young, young and a virgin. Zacharias, a priest, would be the father of John. Joseph, a carpenter, would be father, earthly father to God's son. These people were no different from you and I today. And yet, God used them for the birth of two extraordinary babies. One which would, would announce and present the light to the world and say, get ready for the light, would prepare the world for the light. The other who would be heaven's light. Verse 39. Now Mary arose and went into the hill country with haste to a city and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So before John the Baptist was even born, <laughs> Mary entered, Jesus was in her. She came to tell Elizabeth the good news. And then as soon as she walked in, John the Baptist inside his mother jumped for joy at, in the presence of heaven's light. Before Jesus was born, the Holy Spirit filled Elizabeth with the knowledge that heaven's, that heaven's light was glowing inside Mary. And when Mary met Elizabeth, we hear some messages. First, the message of faith, verse 42. Then Elizabeth spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Elizabeth's message was a message of faith in the promises of God. When, when we believe God's promises, when we keep His Word, He rewards us with blessings. Folks, faith and believing God's Word. Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking the truth of God, blessed is he, blessed is she who believed. For there is fulfillment of things which were told her from the Lord. She assured in her heart that God was going to fulfill His promise. That God was using her to bless the world. 
She delivered the second message, the message of fulfillment. Verse 46, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit is in God my Son. For He has regarded the lowly estate of His maidservant. For behold, He all generation blessed. He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name. And His mercy is on those who fear Him from generation to generation. With His arm, He has scattered in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has angry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her house. Mary said, with the birth of my son, God's son, heaven's light, God will promise that he made to our people through Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob, Israel. And what was that promise God had made so many, uh, over a thousand years before? Now Jacob went out, Genesis 28. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba, went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head like a pillow and lay down in that place to sleep. And then Jacob dreamed. Jacob's renamed Israel. Israel dreamed, and behold, a ladder was on the earth. And its top reached to heaven, and the angels of God descending and descending on that ladder. And behold, stood above it and said, "I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and east, north and south. And in you and in your seed, all the of the earth shall be." Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you till I have done what I have spoken to you. As Mary sang and God promised, Israel would become a great nation. It is a great nation today. And then through Israel, God would bless the world through the of mercy and peace and grace through Jesus' heaven's light. God, just as God promised through the prophets, and affirmed Jesus would be the eternal king to inherit, God, inherit David's throne. And one day he will establish his kingdom all the earth when the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Isaiah said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government is on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward and forever. The zeal of the Lord will perform it. Gabriel said, He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest and the Lord God will the throne of his father, David. He will come down through the line of King David and he will reign over the house of Jacob. His kingdom, there shall be no end. Just and Elizabeth, Joseph, and Mary felt to know that the Savior was already on this earth living in Mary's womb waiting to be revealed to the world as heaven's light. Zechariah summed it up this way. Look at, lastly, look with me, verses 68 and verse 68. Blessed, Zechariah said, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for He has visited and redeemed His people, and He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David. And you, child, will be called 
John the Baptist. You will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare His ways to give knowledge of salvation to His people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God with which the day spring from on high, heaven's light, Jesus, has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. In Jesus, the day spring, the light from heaven, God has shown His grace to the world only through Jesus. And when a sinner hears His call and believes that Jesus gave His life as a sacrifice for our sins so we could be forgiven and have eternal life, when heaven's light shines on us and we receive Jesus into our lives by faith, by faith, then God opens our eyes and our hearts to His mercy and peace. And the light which will one day change the whole world changes us, changes our hearts. And we become the children of God and bearers of His light. Paul said, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, Therefore, because light has come upon you and lives in you, His light, therefore let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jesus, heaven's light in you, makes you a child of the living and all-powerful God. You know, when God came from heaven to earth and showed His glory to man, it was so that man, beholding God's glory in Jesus, might repent of his sin and open his heart and life that could, to the light that could save and transform him. Jesus said, I have come as a light into the world that whoever lives and believes in me should not live in darkness. Truly. We're either in the darkness, folks. There's no in-between. We are either walking in heaven or walk in the darkness of evil. And, and we, when we walk in the light of God, part of God's plan to save those who are in the darkness. Zacharias, Elizabeth, Joseph, Mary, John the Baptist, all these believed and became part of God's plan to bring heaven's light into the world. You know what? Like Mary. Be it to me according to your word, Lord. I surrender. That's what Christmas ought to be, folks. It ought to be a time to remember and surrender. To remember Jesus and surrender to Him. They said, I accept, they all said, I accept whatever you have for me in this life. I give myself to the light. And now, folks. As they, as they bore the light to their world. Now it's up to us. The same God who called them has called us to take what we know about heaven's light. To take Jesus. To take what Jesus has done for us into our world. And shine some light on this dark world. What has Jesus done for you? How did God shine how has He shown His light in your life? What difference has He made in you? Has He made any difference at all? God used an angel, an old priest and his wife, a baby in Elizabeth's womb, and a young virgin named Mary to bring 
heaven's light to their world. Today, he wants to use you and use me to shine his light in our world because that's the only way our world will ever know Jesus, folks. They're not going to see him on the news, are they? They're not going to hear about him in the school textbooks. The only way they're going to know is shine his light. When we reflect his light, our light we shine. It's his light. We need to be bearers of his light. Two, I read a little story beautiful. Orphaned brothers were living in some district in New York City, and one of them was crippled and could hardly leave the room. He just sat there. Brother would take took care of him, bought his food, carried him where he needed to go. His younger brother lamented one day that he had not seen the light for a long time. And the older brother thought of an idea. He put on his ragged clothes and he ran down to the street with a little piece of a broken mirror. And he stood in the sun with the mirror. And someone came by and said, what are you doing? And that brother said, you see that wind up there? I have a little brother who can cannot stand for him on him by himself. He lives in that room day after day. He's crippled. The only sunlight he can see is what I shine up to him with my mirror. Well, like that older brother who cared about his younger, we have no real light of our own, but with Jesus, we have an opportunity. To reflect a powerful light, heaven's light, to those who are crippled by this darkness. And that's what each of us should do. Amen? Let's pray. While we're bowing, the question is, what kind of light are you shining this Christmas? Maybe the only light you're shining is that light out in front of your house. Or that light on a Christmas tree. But God wants to use you to shine a bigger light than that. Christmas should be that time to remember Jesus. And to, to share, to bear and share His light. It should be a time for us to say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Lord Jesus, whatever you want me to do to help people know about you, I'm willing to do. Christmas ought to be a time for us to think about how we can give Jesus to our world. That'd be the greatest gift of all, wouldn't it? Like Miss Anna talked about. The greatest gift of all is to give Jesus, the light of Jesus to someone. Why, He can brighten their life. He can transform their life. We just have to reflect His light into the lives of others. How can you do that? Why don't you pray and ask God right now, God, what do you want me to do? How can I reflect your light? How can I share the love of Jesus? What can I give to help someone know you? Is it a smile, a kind word? What can I do? Is it something tangible that I hold in my hand? What can I do to help people see Jesus this Christmas? You can't give what you don't have. Maybe you need Jesus in your life. Maybe He's just not there. And you've, you're walking in darkness because the light's not there. You need, 
You need some light. You need His light. Why don't you pray and ask Him and say, Dear Jesus, thank You for speaking to my heart and mine today. Thank You, Jesus, for coming into this world, for loving me enough to give Your life for me. Thank You for dying on the cross and shedding Your blood to be my Savior. Thank You, Jesus that you're even now offering me eternal life through faith in you. I believe, Jesus. I believe in you, and I open my heart and life to you, and I ask you to come in, Jesus, and light up my life. Transform me. I surrender. I give you my life today. I don't live for me any longer. I want to live for you. Help People around me see your light in Jesus for coming into my life to be my Savior. I accept all of you, and I want you to accept all of me, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, that's the greatest prayer of all. But it's got to be real. It can't just be some words. In your life, you have to make a commitment to Him like Mary and surrender. Say, Jesus, now whatever you want, I'm, I'm going to start living for you. I really am. Whatever that means. Giving up whatever. Accepting whatever. I'm going to live for you. And if you did that while we're singing, I'll, I'll be down for you. I'd like to talk with me about it. Or I'll pray for you. Or maybe you want to pray for somebody. Whatever you need. Help. Father, thank you for your precious word. Thank you for Jesus shining in our lives today. What a wonderful service it's been. Thank you, Lord. Help nobody. God, I pray nobody will go out of this place today without, without having at least encountered you in some way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand with us as we sing together Good Christian Men Rejoice. Good Christian Men Rejoice. Soul and